What's happening, Hardscapers? This is episode 128 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And today, I thought I'd talk to you about a final wrap-up on my season. This marks the end of our season. There are a couple things that I can wrap up here and there, but this is essentially the end of my season. It is actually snowing outside as I look today here in Toronto, so I thought it would be the perfect time to wrap up my season with you, talk about the pros, cons, what happened this season for me, and get into everything. Now, I also talk about this on our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and search I Am a Hardscaper, you'll find everything from uh, daily vlogs on the job site to how to videos, and then including my final season wrap up but i'm gonna go more in depth on this on this episode here i'd love to hear anything about your season wrapping up here 2021 pros cons what happened and reach out to me thank you so much for listening or hey go to speakpipe.com slash how to hardscape you can record a voicemail there about your season your 2021 season takeaways uh, recap reflections whatever you want I will play that on a future episode of the podcast. Again, speakpipe.com slash howtohardscape. You can do that on your phone, however you want to record that. I, uh, I would appreciate that. And we also have a webinar coming up. This will be the last time, if you're listening to this, this is the last time that you can sign up, register, get the replay if you're not able to make it. This is on November 30th at 11 a.m. Eastern. This is going to be with Cycle CPA and Synced Up. We're going to be talking about end of the year accounting, what you should know, as well as knowing your numbers with Synced Up, a software that'll help you do just that. You can register at howtohardscape.com slash webinar. Once again, this is the last time to sign up to register for that if you can't make it for november 30th at 11 a.m you'll at least get the replay if you register if not it is too late to do that again last time and let's get into our episode so basically with the season that i had there's a lot of pros that came with it a lot of record-breaking numbers revenue wise and profit wise it was ultimately a great year but there was also some things that kind of pushed me back a little bit in my business gave me a little bit of troubles and i thought i'd talk with you through the struggles that come in a business especially the business that i'm trying to run I'm not trying to scale up my business rapidly. I want to remain fairly debt-free in my business. There's also a lot of struggles to come on the personal side in terms of being in a relationship and a business is really, it's even though I'm the only one running the business, it's really about uh, a partnership between myself and my wife. And that can be difficult at times to communicate a vision and get aligned on that vision and to kind of push forward in a business such as a hardscape business. But that's a topic for another time. I'm going to stick specifically to hardscape business. What happened pros and cons of what happened in the season, breaking down everything that happened. But specifically, uh, starting at the beginning of the season, I started right away in a bad start. It was a project that I took on last minute that was a basically lift and relay project that ultimately I feel I could have done a much better job communicating with the clients, but also that I just don't think that it was a great fit between myself and the clients. The project came in last minute. It was a perfect squeeze into the beginning of my season to get things started. And and the project came as a word of mouth from somebody that I actually knew. So I thought uh, perfect timing for everything. Everything just lined up in that initial consultation. 
I kind of felt that maybe it wouldn't be a great fit in terms of our personalities and just communicating the the certain things that I do communicate with a lift and relay type of project. You know, things don't always go down the same way that they come up, especially if this was a raised patio and just talking through the different steps that we do. It didn't seem like it was sitting too well with the client. Ultimately, we went ahead with it. We went forward with it. And again, those things that I tried to communicate in that initial consultation came up and the client was shocked when they came up. So really a difficult thing for me to kind of put myself in their shoes and improve that communication process. I also put those things in writing when I when I do a job proposal. But ultimately, when those things do come up, I don't want to point back at the proposal and say, see, I said it here. I want to kind of talk through with the client about why things happen they do the way that they do. Ultimately, we concluded that job and I made everything right as well as I could for the client. We found ways to kind of meet in the middle and, uh, and I put that project behind me because it went on longer than it should have. I actually did more for the client than I had actually initially written up in the proposal. And I thought that that would get me somewhere with the clients a little bit more. It, it didn't. That really taught me to spend a lot more time with understanding whether or not the client in you would be a good fit personality wise. It just turned out it wasn't. I tried to put that job behind me as fast as possible to move on to the next projects because I had a lot of great projects lined up this year personally, which brings me to something in my personal goals with my business because I started my business four years ago as a lift and relay specific business. Now we did do the odd design build project, but when I started my business, I thought specifically, I'm gonna do lift and relays because I worked for a supplier for many, many years. And I knew that this is where, if I started a business, I could squeeze into the market and create that niche and uh, be in demand right away for work rather than spending money that I didn't have in marketing to get leads into the business. I could leverage the relationships that I'd already built with working for a supplier the contractors that I knew and so on. Because with the lift and relay business, you can really uh, help the contractors around you because these are typically projects that they don't want to take on. They want those design builds typically. And that's because lift and relays are less machine operating heavy and more labor intensive. So for a contractor with a lot of machines that they have to pay for every job that they bid or quote, they can't price themselves the way that somebody that doesn't have those overhead expenses in a, a lift and relay where they wouldn't even necessarily really be using a, a machine for that lift and relay. They can't price themselves competitively and they typically just tend to pass on those jobs and they don't necessarily have somebody that they can pass those jobs to which is also important so they find themselves saying no as opposed to saying no but I have somebody that can I can refer you to and that's where I tried to squeeze in the market when I first started my business because of the lack of capital that I had personally I didn't want to go overhead heavy right away I wanted to build this lift and relay business and then decide where I wanted to go with that 
And that was great and all for starting out because I also had referrals coming from the supplier that I worked for and it was a great kind of way to get that ball rolling in my business and it worked out great for the first year and then in the second year I hit burnout and I realized that it was a great business plan and all but really I hate lift and relays. And I learned that the second year, which made me pivot in my business. Now, in Lyft, a relay type company, a maintenance type company, it's, I, I think it's something that is a great business plan because it's something that is easy to easier to scale up than that of a design build company because a design build company is building something custom with every job that they're putting out there. So training employees that they bring in to recreate a custom job every time that takes a lot more time in that training process and a lot more cost to them and to replicate that customization design build every single time for every single client that's why sometimes you see businesses that use the same product for every project such as a retaining wall because they're systematizing that they're taking a, a an aspect of a project away from customization and they're just creating a system around what they are building. But a lift and relay is just that much simpler because you can send somebody to quote a project and to rebuild that project because it's not custom. It's basically taking what's there, lifting and relaying. So it's a much easier business, not that it's easy, but it's an easier business to systematize than that of a design build business. So that's kind of my, that was my mindset around building that design build business. And it worked great until I realized that's not the business that I want to build. It wasn't something that I became enthusiastic about waking up in the morning and going out there and doing these lift and relays and dealing with employees that weren't showing up or just difficulty in hiring and whatnot. I figured if I was to continue in hardscaping, what I wanted to take on primarily were those design builds, those projects that allow me to use my creativity to create a design, design for a client and to move forward with that client. It's something that I had experience with working for a supplier, dealing with retail clients coming in, talking about design with them. It's something that I experienced with even contractors coming in and talking to me about that. So I knew I wanted to exercise that creativity moving forward in my business. I also did a lot of design build projects while I worked for that supplier with leads that specifically came to me where I wanted to uh, do work on the side when I could while working for that supplier. And then when I started my own business, I found that those referrals, uh, those, those people that I had done work design build work for in the past while on the side were giving me referrals here and there to fill in my schedule along with these lift and relays so I knew in that second year when I hit burnout with these lift and relays that I, I, I love the design build and that's what I wanted to do moving forward now having said that I kind of created a three to five year plan to pivot out of these lift and relays to not eliminate it totally uh, because I still wanted that that those referrals that were coming in to kind of get more selective in the lift and relays that I was doing, but to then, you know, use those referrals, those leads that were coming in to, you know, upsell a client to a, a brand new project or just to continue with a lift and relay, but maybe do more for them than just a specific lift and relay. So it wasn't something that I wanted to completely 100% pivot out of that following year, that third year in business. 
but something that I wanted to get more picky in terms of the projects that I did take on. And this is true with clients that you serve are the clients that you're going to get because the referrals that I was getting, because I was primarily doing lift and relays, the referrals that were coming into my business were specifically for those lift and relays because I became known as that person doing lift and relays, both from referrals coming in from my supplier, as well as clients that I primarily did work for in the past. Now, the odd time I would get a referral from somebody that I had done a lift and relay and the referral was for their friend wanting a design build, but that's definitely more rare. What I found was the work that you do is the work that you get referred to do more of. So I really wanted to start to transition away from that to transition more to those design build projects. So I set that three to five year plan in progress. Now, Unfortunately, that first year that I set that plan would be the year that we saw product shortages start to take on in effect and the things that we're experiencing today in our industry with hiring employees and whatnot. So I that three to five year plan that was created before all this kind of, again, had to change it. I had to be then again, get more flexible because those lift and relay projects don't require product and I'm not waiting on product to come in. So I can primarily get those design build projects in my schedule and then fill in holes around them with these lift and relays, especially late in the season and early in the season, and then little holes here and there where I might be waiting on a product and to be able to start this project, I, I want to have that product on hand. So I'll go ahead and do uh, one or two lift and relays before I start that project so I can keep myself busy, keep my guys busy and move forward with that. Now, I also, because I had to be more flexible with that, I just redrew that plan. I'm not exactly where I want to be in terms of percentage of lift and relays to percentage of design builds at this point in my plan, the second year into my plan. But I just feel that flexibility is more important at this point in time. And then I'll reevaluate as we continue to go in our business. That being said, I had a lot of great projects coming in this year. A lot of uh, referrals from previous design builds are starting to accumulate. I'm getting that word of mouth for those design builds. And I had a lot of amazing projects that I'm super happy about where, you know, when I first started these design builds, I really wanted to focus on those upsells of lighting, of fire features, of anything that I could, that I was able to fit in and to provide value for my client, as well as my bottom line. I really saw those pay off. So if I could say anything is that as soon as you can start implementing the sales of features of anything into your business that provides your clients value, you'll also start to see that pay off in the referrals that you get from those clients because those clients have friends over, family over, they see what you've done. And obviously the work that you've done is the work that you're going to be referred to do. And that's definitely what I saw this year in my business from those design builds. And I'd say that's my biggest pro and the biggest takeaway of my season this year is the, the work that I got to do this season and just consistently rejuvenating that 
passion in me for hardscapes, for these design builds. And I really want to continue to build on that moving forward in the years to come in my business. Just something that you can focus on, especially if you haven't started your hardscape business and you're thinking about getting into that maintenance, lift and relate style of business, kind of weighing the pros and cons and seeing if you'll definitely be interested in doing that and in moving forward in doing that. And, you know, if you get burnt out of that and want to pivot, the difficulties that come with that pivot and the time that you need to allow for that pivot to happen uh, definitely needs to be taken into consideration. I mean, the alternative side of that would be to spend money in marketing and branding to bring in those design builds right away if you have that capital available to you for that investment into your business. Now, beyond that, employees was difficult this year in finding people. Now, I've had two employees uh, from the previous year that I was really happy with. I knew I had good employees for the season this year that I could rely on. But that all came to an end as I started my biggest project of the season and uh, an abrupt end. And that provided a lot of difficulty for me in not only that project, but reevaluating my business model moving forward and really needing somebody to be there for the long haul and to you know, identify that in, in, in an employee, but also build that employee up to a point where, again, they're with me for the long haul and kind of evaluating what I can do differently with employees to ensure that they're around for the long haul, to ensure that they've got a career ahead of them. So really, that's what I'm going to be focusing on in my budgeting as I come down to it here at the end of the year and focusing on next year in my budgeting and my hiring to ensure that, you know what, the person that I hire, I, I identify what they need in their life, what they require from me and how I can provide that for them and giving them a roadmap to their future so that they understand, you know, if you stick in with this, this is what your future looks like. This is what I can provide for you and to kind of create a plan together for them to stick with me because I definitely see that as being incredibly important moving forward here. Hiring has never been my strong suit in my business. It's never been employees, anything employees. That's why you'll never hear me talk about on this podcast, you know, what you should do as an employer, as somebody hiring, as somebody creating a career for, for employees. That's something that I'm learning right now and I'm really excited to implement for next year that's going to be my focus next year but it's definitely something that I struggle with and I'm sure I'm going to continue to struggle with and that being said I'm excited for that challenge for that focus next year with employees and with creating that space where I can retain an employee and really begin to rely on that employee and build them up to that foreman position that's, that'll be my focus for next year, to get somebody reliable in place and uh, there's going to be no more abrupt loss of employees that I wasn't expecting, especially coming into the largest project of the season. But I, I powered through that. I got through that job. Took a bit longer than I wanted, but excellent clients. Again, coming back to choosing the right clients for to work with. Uh, compared to the beginning of the year, 
and and the problem that I experienced on that project and the contrast to that at the end of the year and the difficulties that I went through at that time and the client was extremely helpful and, and flexible with me during that time, just that pre-qualifying of your clients is so important and that project right there just showed me how important that was for a process when choosing a client. And I couldn't be more thankful for the client that I had at that time to wrap up basically my season besides a few small jobs here and there. Now, beyond that, I also want to, because of my business model, I really took on quite a few projects that other companies may have easily passed on because of access. And I've definitely leveraged Gatorbase in my business for those tight access situations to be able to take the labor down on projects. But that being said, tight access is not necessarily the projects that I want to take on in the future. So that's something that I want to also start to transition out of unless uh, it really makes sense for me to take on that project. And with those tight access projects, it's, it's kind of delayed me in purchasing the right type of equipment for my business because... I take on such a wide variety of access to a project. Now, this might not really resonate with everybody listening to this because I'd, I always see uh, projects online with this incredible access, at least through stories on Instagram or, or video where it's easy to get equipment in and out of the backyard. Where I am and where I service, it's that that is so far from the case it, those jobs are far and few between when it comes to the area that I service. So I do have to be more flexible in the projects that I do take on based on the tight access that we're dealing with in my area. But I also want to ensure that I can always get a machine into the backyard. And because of the variety of access projects that I've been taking on, it made more sense to rent up until this point because you know, this project, I can get in a bigger machine into the backyard. We can tackle that out a lot more efficient. Whereas the next project, I can't even squeeze in a, a little tiny mini skid steer into that project. And we're going to have to rely on Gatorbase for it. Or maybe we can squeeze a tiny, tiny mini skid steer. But I don't want to commit to purchasing that tiny, tiny mini skid steer. Because when it comes to a project with larger access that thing is gonna be less efficient than if I was to rent a bigger piece of equipment for that project. And vice versa, if I purchase a, a bigger piece of equipment, whether it's a, a mini skid steer or a skid steer or excavate, mini excavator, whatever it might be, if I commit to purchasing that larger piece of equipment, then I can't squeeze that into those smaller access projects. And regardless, I still need to be billing that out to my clients for every project. So I've kind of been stuck in this pickle of knowing when the right time is to purchase that equipment. And I, I still don't have that in my business, but renting really has been treating me well up until now. And I've been relying on that, but I look to kind of transition away from that. I don't know exactly when, but we'll see about that in the near future in my business. But that that's also a, also a personal decision for me, not just a business decision, because just where we are personally in our lives... And where we are currently located might not exactly be where we're located shortly in the near future. It, it may be, but we're just at a point in our personal lives where it doesn't make sense to tie ourselves down with a significant number of assets in our business 
that may not make sense purchasing, moving to another area, realizing that that wasn't a, the perfect purchase for my business. And sure, we could easily resell that and then purchase a new piece of equipment. But right now, just in our personal situation, it makes more sense to rent and to continue in that. Now, other pieces of equipment we don't rent, we own. We own everything in my business that I would need for the installation, including, you know, vacuum equipment, compaction equipment, everything that I would possibly need. The only thing that I'm lacking would be that piece of equipment for excavation, material movement, etc. And finally, a, a goal that I set for myself that I didn't come anywhere near of accomplishing was I wanted to do more social media with showing my face and, and walking through projects. I don't know how you can be so consistent at that. Uh, huge props for those guys doing that. I just get so caught up on the job site. And I love being on the job site. I don't see myself coming out of the job site anytime soon, but I'm just so focused on the business and what's in front of me on that job site that I completely forget to flip out my phone and to start recording something. Now, I... I use that time that I did have to think about those things to film videos for YouTube that I just launched at I am a hardscaper there. But to on top of that, then take out my phone to do a story or to do a video for social media, specifically like Instagram, Facebook, to show my face, to build that brand for my clients, prospective clients to see, as well as my clients to see moving forward in the future. That's what I want to get to in the next step on the job site and that's why I want to really focus on employing the right people that I can put into positions uh, that I don't need to babysit them that I can then start to use my time to do those types of things for my business the storying the showing my face the creating the branding and everything like that and that's not an epiphany that I just had that's something that I've been working towards just a few setbacks this year but I, I look forward to next year, what next year is going to bring. I've already started to write down my goals, to really think about the game plan moving forward in my business, to really set that vision for the future and what I want to accomplish next year in my business. Again, a lot of great things that happened in this season, a lot of things that set me back a little bit, but ultimately... I'm happy to have had uh, a record-breaking year for my business in terms of revenue, but more importantly than that, uh, the the profit, uh, which is the most important thing at the end of the day. And uh, I'd love to hear how your season was. Message me on Instagram at How to Hardscape or at I Am a Hardscaper. I'd love to hear how your season went. If any of these things kind of resonated with you as well, I'd love to hear anything about your season wrapping up here 2021. Pros, cons, what happened, and reach out to me. Thank you so much for listening. Or hey, go to speakpipe.com slash howtohardscape. You can record a voicemail there about your season, your 2021 season takeaways, uh, recap, reflections, whatever you want. I will play that on a future episode of the podcast. Again, speakpipe.com slash howtohardscape. You can do that on your phone, however you want to record that. I, uh, I would appreciate that. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtohardscape.com for more information on the subject. Actually, go to YouTube, search I Am A Hardscaper, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And let us know what you want to learn about in future episodes by reaching out to our social channels. We are at How to Hardscape wherever you can find us. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.